Hi, I'm Kerry. I believe the best opportunities I'm going to have to grow my portfolio exponentially over the next couple of years and the balance of this year is going to be in two areas. One is the delivery of health care. And I'm positioned through biotech and a few other stocks that I think I'm in the right place for that to happen. The other area that has come to the surface just more recently is that of cybersecurity. And I think this is another area where I can see some potential growth rapidly in my portfolio. So the key is now to identify the stocks that are going to be a part of that rapid growth. And I depend upon my tribe, the people who are part of my discord, to share with me their ideas of what is going to be in the future. And one of them brought to the, my attention a company by the name of Sentinel One that just recently IPO'd. And through a relationship with um, Seeking Alpha, I was able to gain access to an interview with, um, let's see, Tumor uh, Weingarten, the CEO of Sentinel. So here we go. Let's talk to the, the, the guy who's running the show and see if we, first of all, can't learn more about Sentinel, but equally as important, learn more about uh, the industry. And we'll do that right after I claim that I'm not your financial advisor. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Tumor, how would you describe Sentinel One to someone who isn't familiar with your company and isn't familiar with the cybersecurity business? Um, Sentinel One is a cybersecurity company that leverages um, machine learning and AI to basically uh, fend off attacks, deflect attacks from every part um, of the network. It's device-based protection for every type of device. So from the classic endpoints that we all use, the laptops and desktops, um, you know, all the way through IoT devices um, and even cloud workloads and, and um, containerized environments. So all in all, it's a broad-based protection platform, um, once again, to detect attacks as they happen in real time and then prevent them for actually, from actually turning into incidents. Tumor, explain this. What does your typical customer look like? And is um, yours a global business or more of a U.S. business? And how many customers do you currently have at this time? Yeah, we, we got close to 5,000 customers today, um, you know, very large enterprises on one hand, but we can also serve, um, you know, a 500 seat type of, uh, you know, SMB. So everybody really needs security right now. It's a problem that's kind of a, a of an immense scale. It's a six trillion dollar, you know, issue right now. That's the cybercrime economy, and it affects everybody. You know, there's no industry that's immune. Um, there, there's really a wide effect um, all across the board right now. You're in a very expanding marketplace. It's growing, it seems like, almost daily as we have more cyber attacks. It was a 157 billion software industry in 2019, and it's, expand it's projected to expand to 300 billion by 2027. Yeah, and you know, for, first and foremost, it is an incredibly big market, and I think that throughout the years and traditionally cybersecurity, you've seen even more vendors and, and, and more diversity in the market. I think that actually today we're seeing more consolidation. Um, but when you look at what we're doing versus some of these other folks that you mentioned, 
I think what people kind of understand right now is that it's no longer about just buying tools to enable the defenders to do their jobs. It really is something else that's needed to meet the sheer scale of alerts um, and data that's being generated in the enterprise right now. So when you look at a company like Sentinel One, that's highly, highly automated. We have a complete autonomous system. You get to this point that people just lean on our technology um, to do the work for them in many, many different cases. And that just creates you know, better scale for security teams out there, but it also creates machine speed protection, which is something that you don't find with some of the vendors out there, the other vendors out there, that sometimes are also very focused on um, services and allowing you to um, you know, kind of procure more services um, that, that can then be deployed in your environment. Here with Sentinel-1, you, you're buying technology that scales with you, that scales for you. Um, and if you want that service, you can also get it from one of our channel partners um, that are by design able to leverage our platform to deliver these services. You're in a very competitive market with people like CrowdStrike and Microsoft. And why do your customers choose you over those people? Yeah, I think time and time again, we see kind of a best of breed approach, which is why, you know, when you mention someone like Microsoft that, you know, they, they have a pretty deep bench of capabilities, but it's almost like everything they're doing is is not excellent, right? A lot of it is just kind of mediocre, um, but they have all the ingredients, but you see time and time again, you know, teams out there just opting to get, you know, best of breed solutions. Um, obviously with cybersecurity, you want to reduce as much risk as you can. So you want to get the solution with the best visibility, with the lowest misdetects. Um, and there's, there's some great, um, you know, unbiased bodies out there that actually conduct tests and comparisons of all of these solutions. One good example would be, you know, the MITRE attack framework. MITRE is a US government body, completely unbiased. It's not paid to play. You can't pay, you can't affect the score. And they, they kind of give out a mapping of all different capabilities from all vendors versus the attack techniques that they know about. So they can give you a really good sense on, you know, what type of visibility are you getting if you're opting for one of these platforms that you, uh, that you mentioned. And if you look at that framework, Seven One was singled out as the highest ranked vendor by far from any other next gen um, endpoint protection vendor with 100% visibility, with zero misdetects, with zero delay detection, with zero configuration changes. It is a superior technology at this point in time. I read in your statements the words behavioral artificial intelligence. What is that and why is it important in the cybersecurity space? Yeah, you know, behavioral um, AI is something that we uh, innovated, you know, when, when we kind of started the company, it was one of the core concepts that we built our entire protection scheme um, against. And maybe, you know, a good way to explain it is, is by example. Um, if you kind of think about ransomware, which is obviously one of the biggest problems out there right now, um, it has millions of different variants, millions of different names, millions of different attack, different attackers and operators that conduct these attacks. But the attack itself, once it hits a given device, the way it manifests itself, the way it behaves is almost the same across all these variants, different families, different operators. It's going to be something that reaches your device, tries to delete your backups, and then tries to maybe sequentially encrypt each file that you have on your system. If you can model that behavior and have AI identify it in a complete generic way, then you've probably um, found a very robust way to detect any breed of ransomware of any type just by observing the operation that's happening on the device, knowing that what's happening right now 
is not benign behavior. It is not a legitimate application that's doing this. So let's shut it down. Let's stop it from ever doing any more damage um, and get the machine back to a trusted state. Let's take a look at profits and revenues. In 2021, you're showing revenues of $93 million. That's an increase of 100% over prior year. That's phenomenal. Then, but on the other hand, you have losses that have doubled uh, over the past year from 26 million to over uh, 62 million. How how's that work? And explain it to me so that I feel better about it. Yeah, um, you know, some of it is, is really the course of business, and we we've uh, you know built a model that that we um, focus on growth. And and right now in a market that's so open and filled with opportunities. We want to continue to grow. By the way, some of the losses and expenses that you're seeing in the first couple of quarters um, are also associated with our IPO. I mean, an IPO is a, is a pretty expensive en en endeavor. Um, so, so to us, I mean, the operating um, you know model that we build will yield better and better um, you know um, EBITDA profile over the years. We've set out long long-term targets that would take us to be a profitable company. However, right now, and as long as you know we're taking a conscious decision to actually invest these funds in growth or back in growth, um, we feel it's under control. It's something that we do by design, and it's something that enables us to continue growth triple digit. I mean, at our scale right now, ending last quarter um, at 161 million of ARR, that's a big jump um, from, from last year. That represents, I think, 116% year-over-year growth. Again, at our scale, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty substantial growth rate. Um, to us, I mean, that enables us to capture more and more market share and then if you look at our net retention rate, which is about 124%, um, you kind of see that not only we're able to capture more market share, but we're also able um, to serve these customers over time and, and really uh, expand our footprint with all these customers across these you know, 20 different modules that we have in the platform. At the same time, I'm seeing that your employee base is growing dramatically. From February of 2020, you had 450 employees. And then in April of 2021, you upped that to 850. I thought the business was more of a technological business, not a manpower business. Why are you growing in people so rapidly? Yeah, great questions. And, you know, for us, it's, it's solving the, the big teams equations uh, for our customers. For us, I mean, it's, it's getting developers to actually continue building and iterating on the technology and building solutions that can scale in customer environments. So, um, you know, someone needs to build the technology. Um, we got incredible talent all across the globe. Um, we got engineering teams, you know, from, from you know, the US um, through Israel and even the Czech Republic really spread out anywhere. Um, and it's, it's part of what makes us successful. And if you look at our culture, um, I think that also is something that, that has been um, kind of singled out by, by many other people that looked at our company outside in. You know, it's a, it's a 4.8, you know, Glassdoor rating, which is probably best in industry or, or best in many other industries as well. And that's what really allows us to attract grade A talent and continue to grow in the pace that we're in. Um, with that said, you know, part of embarking on the IPO process is to put more robust processes on how you recruit people, how you vet people, and who you bring on board. So we're trying to obviously never compromise on talent, never compromise on vetting out properly the people that we recruit. Um, cybersecurity is a trust business, and we're doing everything that we can to maintain that trust with our customers. Again, becoming a public company is about transparency for us. Um, it's about showing, hey, you know, we're a, we're a 
uh, a vendor that's here to stay. We're neutral, we're unbiased, um, and, and we're just here to deliver the best software possible. Tumor, Sentinel One trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol of S. Uh, you went public at uh, $35. Uh, dollars per share, and that raised approximately one billion, a little over one billion dollars. What do you intend to do with that money? Yeah, um, you know, overall, what what drove it is uh, is obviously demand. I mean, we we've been talking to investors, and and we um, have kind of talked about what we do and how we see the business. We're very conservative in what we do. We also understand that the IPO is just just a milestone right now, right? I mean, there's a long journey ahead. Um, so we, we don't assign that much value to the actual valuation that we get at the moment of IPO. And, and to us, I mean, we kind of saw the demand. Um, we saw the amount of investors out there looking to, uh, to, to really be a part of our journey, knowing that cybersecurity is such a big problem. Uh, it's a big mission. And I think we just attracted um, the best investor that, that you can hope for. Um, and that kind of also drove the price up. So, so in a very robust demand environment, I'll say, um, you know, our ability to win in that competitive market that, that you define um, is also something that doesn't elude, you know, the, 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 uh, the eyes of the investors. Um, they see a company uh, with, with amazing technology, differentiated technology that's winning, uh, growing incredibly fast. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty attractive asset. Um, the proceeds, I mean, for us, um, you know, we didn't necessarily have to raise, um, you know, this much, but at the same time, looking at the set of opportunities that we have right now in front of us, um, you know, we, we want to, to look at other companies to acquire. We acquired a company earlier um, this year called Scalar. It's a next generation data analytics company. And given that everything we do is leaning on data collection, um, our ability to really um, ingest data at the petabyte scale, store it for the customer in, in the most secure way possible, also represents an opportunity um, outside of the core TAM that we play in and really kind of creeping into data analytics where we, where we see um, just a massive opportunity as well. So all in all, I mean, we're, we're looking for ways to, to continue and build on our platform. Um, and, and right now, once again, the ability to deliver more and more um, capabilities to our customers who are looking for that consolidation. They're looking to, to procure and consume more and more capabilities from one platform vendor. Um, we can consolidate many of these capabilities into one cohesive you know, security data lake, in essence, um, that can give them all these abilities. Tumor, thank you for sharing your insights and your uh, into the industry and educating us and our tribe. And then let me just say that I think you have uh, a tiger by the tail, and I think you have a fantastic opportunity if you could answer this immense problem that our world is facing at this time. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Okay, that's my take on Sentinel One. And I want to reemphasize that I think this is the investment opportunity, one of the investment opportunities of our lifetime. And I think if you can allocate your funds correctly in this space, you can make a lot of money. I've made uh, two entries into the space, and you can see them in my portfolio, which I share at our Discord. And I'll share with you, as I have with uh, my tribe, my entrance into uh, Sentinel One. I want to also share with you, I shared this interview with my tribe a week ago, and uh, because I want them to have a, a leg up. 
we know that when Goldman Sachs finds a wonderful opportunity for their investors that they charge I don't know how much for information, they release it to their big customers first, and then they release it, release it to us. So is that a pump and dump? I don't think so, because they're not dumping. But it is a pump. But they give their people the first opportunity. That's what we're trying to do at Best of Us Investors. And I would invite you to come join our tribe because the more people that we have giving us input, the better we're going to be at making good investment decisions. All right, I'll talk to you again tomorrow.